Christ be with you. Let's begin by slowing down and taking a few deep breaths that our awareness might expand to recognize the presence of the living God. Friends, let us worship in beloved community. Will you join me in the call to worship? Welcome in. You have a place here. Praise for a God whose love knows no bounds. We trust in the presence of the living and loving God. We receive the gift of faith in gratitude. I invite you now to join me in the opening hymn all the rain this week has made it very challenging to find times to film outside, so therefore I needed to go inside and do some music with the members of my own household. So for our opening hymn today, you have the fantastic debut of the Nelson Sumrall Band. Will you join us in Great is Thy Faithfulness? Yes. One, two, three. Great is thy faithfulness, O oh God creator, there is no shadow of turning with thee, thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not, as thou hast been, thou forever will be. Great is thy faithfulness. Thank you. 
Good morning and welcome wherever you have found us, however you have found us, and whenever you have found us and are worshiping with us, special welcome. We hope you feel a special sense of connection as we worship one in the Spirit. Uh, if you'd like to know more about this particular community of faith, Westminster Presbyterian Church, our amazing church family, go to wpctiburon.org to learn more about who we are. And there is a calendar full of opportunities to engage and to uh, deepen your connection with this community and opportunities to serve as well in a time of need. And as we are one in the Spirit, may we pray together our community prayer. Forgive us, O God, for trying to build walls around your grace. Forgive us for claiming ownership of what cannot be possessed. Forgive us for deeming scarce what is not only abundant, but infinite. Let us recognize the breadth of your creation and the broadness of your invitation. Let us learn to look for blessings from sources other than our own. Let us trust that your news truly is good. Amen. Our prayers continue in quiet. Ever-present God, you walk with us through good times and bad, mountaintop and valley deep. Your footsteps are our guide, your hands are our support. We trust in your forgiveness that you have removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. We have knocked and are grateful that you open the door. Open our hearts and minds to your spirit. May this time together cause us to love you and especially to love one another. Amen. For our time of discovery today, I thought I'd do a little brainstorming along with you about all the ways that we might say thank you to someone. I have just a few ideas off the top of my head. We might give someone a gift. I always find that a nice handmade gift or a gift from the heart says a nice thank you. We could write someone a thank you note. We could throw confetti for them as they walk down the street. Now that one might be a little outlandish. We could give them some flowers. We could bring a band to their front door and play a song of gratitude. Okay. I'm getting a little carried away with myself. Maybe one of the best ways to say thank you is just to say thank you. So today, I want to say thank you to all of the teachers out there, right? So if you're a young person watching this time of discovery, teachers are really important in your life. And whew, this has been quite a year for teachers. They have had to be so creative and adapt to all kinds of new ways of teaching. And I am just so filled with gratitude for our teachers. Thank you. And I'm thinking about teachers this week. Well, I think about teachers a lot in my gratitude for them, but especially this week, 
Our Sunday school lesson focuses on the fact that Jesus, too, was a teacher. Now, he did a lot of different things in his ministry, but maybe one of his most important roles was teaching. Teaching us about God's love. And he did that in a lot of different ways. He taught us about God's love by showing it, by showing us how to treat others with kindness and respect and love. He did that by teaching with his mouth, by sharing stories and lessons that were important. And so we're going to think a little bit this week in our Sunday school lesson about what it meant that Jesus was a teacher and really continues to be a teacher for us all. So I invite you to head to our WPC Tiburon YouTube page and check out our Sunday School lesson for this week. I invite all ages to do this. Our Sunday School lesson doesn't have to just be for our children. Go now in peace, go now in peace. May the love of God surround you everywhere, everywhere you may go. And now I would like to introduce Mark and Judy Sachs with a greeting for us all. Hi, everybody. It's Mark and Judy Sachs. Uh, as you can see, I've been uh, doing a lot of bike riding these days, trying to ride about three days a week. And I've been doing yoga three mornings a week, also hiking. Uh, we're so blessed to be here in Marin where walking trails are so available. And soon we're going to be able to get back to hiking with the Westminster group, so that's going to be super. And I'll tell you, I've been uh, doing Men's Connection Friday mornings, and believe me, Friday mornings at 6.30 are a lot easier if you can set the alarm for 6.25, roll out of bed and start up your Zoom link. And lots of opportunity to be reading. I've read a lot and I'm really appreciating the Westminster Spiritual Life Book Group and Women Connecting. We've been able to do all these things to stay together with Zoom. Um, worshiping on Christmas Eve in the parking lot was really fun and we loved, loved Bethany's playing and singing. We can't wait till we're worshiping together in person, but in the meantime, keep the faith, keep your chin up. Yeah, and we look forward to getting into the new building. It's gonna be so special with the renovation completed. And don't forget your campaign contribution. We miss you. See we you soon. You. Bye. Bye. Judy and Mark, it is so good to see you again, and we can't wait to be with you again. Uh, it is certainly a joy and uh, something that we pray for to see one another. And this is a time to celebrate both of those things and to lift them up. Uh, if there is anything that you would like to share with this family of faith uh, that has been a joy to you to celebrate, please write it in the comment boxes. And if there's something that you would like us to pray about together, again, as a family of faith, please write that in, in there as well. Let's take a moment to pause as, as people are writing or reflecting on their own, those things that have brought joy to us, and celebrate them in prayer with our God. Let us pray. God, in times of great need and of great suffering, we know that we, uh, as 
can be said can count our blessings. These are the things that have brought so much joy to us, God, and we lift them up and celebrate with you in gratitude of what you've provided for us and celebration of how you've brought us through. And now as we consider those things that are hard and are tough, that we could really use some of the Spirit with us and with those we know and love. Let us take time to pray and to seek God's wisdom and to seek God's favor on those things. Would you please pray with me about those things that are of concern to us? While we have many things to be grateful for, our Lord, there are things that weigh heavily on our conscience. And God, we pray uh, for your spirit to be felt, to be seen. God, we pray that you would sustain us, that the same Holy Spirit that gave your Son, Jesus Christ, strength can give us strength. Help us to be a source of healing and to be your hands and feet where there are needs around us, that we can make this place more like your kingdom than our own. As your son has taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
I'm Jeff Healy. Our first scripture reading today is from Genesis chapter 12. Please listen to what the Spirit may be saying to us. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you, and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. This is Holy Wisdom, Holy Word. Thanks be to God. The second reading comes from John's Gospel. The third chapter, just one verse, verse 16. Listen for what the Spirit is saying to us this morning. For God so loved the world that God gave God's only Son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but may have eternal life. Friends, this is holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. In professional football, it's playoff time. The Super Bowl, to be exact, the championship game. Now, whether or not you are a football fan, you may well remember seeing at sporting events, football games, and others, years ago in particular, whenever there was a moment in which the camera would have to include the crowd, inevitably there was someone there holding up a sign that read, John 3.16, the very verse you just heard, one of the most familiar verses in the canon. Remember, this is a series about familiar verses. Do you remember seeing those signs? I don't know if people still do that. I don't doubt for a second the earnestness of those who held up such signs. Believe in Jesus so that you don't suffer eternal damnation. Nice of them to care. Again, though, I don't, I don't doubt their earnestness. However, I am utterly convinced that if that's how they understood the meaning of that verse, believe in Jesus like I do, or you will suffer eternal damnation, then I am convinced they have gotten it sorely and sadly wrong. And we get it wrong all the time in the faith, or we get it less right, or we focus perhaps on the wrong things. Maybe you've had this experience with religion. We've moved to the center, what should be on the side, and we've utterly forgotten about what should be at the center. Perhaps you've experienced hypocrisy or a focus on certain rules that seem to have no bearing on your life. Perhaps it's a narrow and peculiar obsession with personal piety. Perhaps it's a fascination with one particular set of sexual ethics, which may or may not actually be scriptural. Maybe it's just felt like an institution that's been awfully judgmental when the one who we claim as Lord and Savior said explicitly, do not judge. I was reflecting on our capacity, our propensity to get it wrong or less right or off, be off base. 
about Martin Luther King Day this year. I have some regret about not mentioning King in my sermon that Sunday. It became more clear to me when I read others' critiques around that day what was inside me but I had not yet been able to fully articulate. Namely, many were pointing out how predominantly white churches, white groups, white individuals love to quote King on King Day, but in doing so they cherry-pick which passages they are, and then seem to ignore others and also seem perhaps not to live up to that message the rest of the year. And the passages they select will be no surprise to you, the ones that make us feel hopeful and warm inside. And what's wrong with that on one level? We all want to feel hopeful, we want to be reassured, and so we cling to the vision, the dream, of children playing together, of the mountaintop of the promised land. You've heard them all before, all worthwhile, all powerful messages. The problem is that by our standards, what was warm and hopeful, what well, wasn't all there was to King? And in fact, what King was trying to accomplish in, on one level or another, what still needs to be accomplished, cannot be accomplished only through the assuring and the hopeful and the calm and the easy to hear. King stood firmly within the prophetic tradition and he was received accordingly. His words, which seem so sweet in some places, were often quite sour and were received as such. He was treated like a prophet. He was killed for it. They didn't kill him because he made people feel hopeful and warm. Just like they didn't kill Jesus because he was nice or reassuring. They killed him because he called into question the way things were and the way things worked, and people who were in power and how that power was being used, and he called them to account, and he called them to change the structures. You might even look at the way that we commemorate Martin Luther King on Martin Luther King Day and question if we've missed the mark here. We've turned that day into a national day of service. Now, it's pretty hard to argue with a national day of service. Service is good. It's certainly better than non-service. And yet, even good things can be used to subconsciously, I suppose, distract from better things or other good things. Service has its part to play, of course, but it can sometimes distract us from other things. I mean, in a way, service says, you know, look, the system is working pretty well, but there are a few gaps to fill, and so once in a while we'll get together and do some things, and we'll plug those gaps and reaffirm the very system that might be creating those gaps. Now, good service should lead us to ask deeper questions. You collect food for people, 
you should be asking why are there so many who are hungry when others are literally, well, not literally, but metaphorically, rolling in wealth. But so often service doesn't do that, or we don't do that when we serve, and instead we feel like the job is done, our guilt has been assuaged, and we move on without asking those questions. King didn't do a canned food drive for sanitation workers. And I'm not casting aspersions on canned food drives. But King organized so that sanitation workers might have better pay and better working conditions, so that they wouldn't simply be fed by a handout once, but they would be more able to feed themselves and their families over a lifetime. Do you feel the difference? You don't hear many pastors that look like I do, quoting the passages that call into question the very economic systems that lead to such poverty. Yet those themes were very prevalent, maybe even dominant in King's discourse. His rhetoric is filled with questions about economics, about militarism, and we love to laud the nonviolence of King when it comes to protest. But when it comes to war, not so much, at least in some pockets. And this, believe it or not, brings us back to that familiar passage that we see in the end zones and the sporting events, John 3, 16 for how perhaps we miss the mark there too. For God so loved the world that he, in the original language, gave his only son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Do we ever stop to ask the circumstances in which that was born? John's community of Jesus' followers had been expelled from their worshiping community. There were certain rules and practices that determined who was in and who was out, and they had been placed firmly, in part because of their devotion to Jesus, in the group that was out. And the words that come from Jesus' lips are meant to reassure them that their trusting in him was enough and they were, in fact, in eternally so. That line from Jesus' mouth is meant to give them assurance that no human community has the right, the ability to say who gets eternal salvation and who does not. They weren't addressing people who didn't already follow Jesus. That wasn't even on their mind. Their question was about Jesus' followers who felt as though they were perhaps forever out. It was an assurance of, of inclusion for nonconformists, not a threat of exclusion to those who failed to conform. And sadly, that latter Definition is precisely how it's been used by many Christians throughout the ages. Accept Jesus 
in the way that we do or perish. It's so, it's so easy to go wrong, to get it, in fact, completely backwards. In this passage, passage we thought we were familiar with, the message is of a radical grace of God that we see in Jesus Christ. It defies the transactional ways in which we operate. We do this, we get that. No, in this passage we see that God is the agent, that God gives freely, that Jesus gives freely. Nobody else gets to determine the measure of that gift. Nobody gets to dole out eternal damnation. David Bentley Hart, Eastern Orthodox scholar and writer, may be just the latest to offer eloquent condemnation of the notion of eternal damnation, a notion that strangely many Western Christians in the modern era have somehow made central to their faith. I commend him to you and others. But suffice it to say, moved by this otherworldly grace we see in Christ. We are to attempt to extend it in this temporal existence to the so many who have been effectively damned by systems that are unjust, unfair. Now today is our annual congregational meeting time when perhaps it's worth thinking about why have a church, the role of the church, the importance or relevance of it, particularly in this day and age. Now, many of you might be quick to answer, I've gotten this from the church, my family has gotten that, this is what I've gotten to experience in and through it. Wonderful if you can say that. And yet those things still fall into our very worldly, transactional way of thinking. But there's a deeper value to the church. The church needs to exist. Like other sacred gatherings. Because left to its own devices, society has a tendency, even propensity, to miss the sign or to misunderstand them all together. If God so loves the world that God freely gives to it, that God wants to save all of it, which is the next verse, by the way, one we don't hold up on signs, interestingly, the whole world. Well, maybe we should love the whole world too and try to extend God's grace to it. And maybe rather than holding up signs that declare anything at all, we who have should hold up signs that ask those who have not, what can we do to make it better for you? What can we change on your behalf? That's an image that should give you hope and should make you feel warm on this 
likely rainy day. Amen. I hope you are planning to join us today, January 31st at 11 a.m. for our annual congregational meeting. This meeting happens over Zoom. Hopefully you have received the link in your e-news or you have looked it up on our website. If you don't have the link, it's not too late. Email Rob or me and we'll send the link to you. But we invite you to join us on Zoom at 11. It is important that we have a quorum for this meeting. So your presence is welcome, is invited, is important. Later this week on Thursday evening is our monthly hymn sing with Ruth E. She will be previewing all of the hymns that we will be singing in worship in February. So if occasionally a hymn seems unfamiliar in worship to you or you wish you had sung it before so you knew it a little better, this is your chance. Join Ruth E on Zoom on Thursday night for a wonderful time, not just of listening and singing hymns, but of learning a little bit about the history behind the hymns. We have been showing you this slide, our last few worship services, ways to give, because we aren't able right now to take an in-person offering. We do want to remind you that there are many ways that you can give of your pledges and your offerings to the church. You can mail a check into the church office. You can Go to our Give page on our website. You can text to give. We are so grateful for your generosity. This is an exciting week in the life of our congregation as we welcome our new office administrator. Tess Detto starts tomorrow, Monday, February 1st, in the office, and she looks forward to meeting you all. It'll be hard to meet in person, but uh, she will be the one to answer the phone if you call. She will respond to your emails if you email the office. Her um, office hours will be 10 to 3, Monday through Thursday. Finally, this week is our commission week. Commissions meet the first Tuesday of every month. And if you're not involved in a commission, I do invite you to think about joining one. It's a wonderful way to get a little more involved in the life of the church. And I want to introduce Carol Kaufman, who is going to share just a little bit about some of the work that the Outreach Commission is currently doing. on behalf of the Outreach Commission, and we're starting a new project called Diaper Duty. That's why I'm standing in front of a box of diapers. 
And this diaper is really for doggies, but we're asking for diapers for kids. We hope you'll join us as we support the folks in the Canal Alliance who are essential workers who've mostly been unemployed or underemployed for almost 10 months now. The Canal Alliance does a really great job of helping them with rent payments and finding food. But we'd like to support the mothers and fathers there who have infants and toddlers and need diapers and diaper wipes for their children. We are looking for size five and six currently, but stay tuned because that may change. We hope you will drive by on Tuesday morning and drop your diapers off in the parking lot following all COVID protocols with one of our friendly volunteers. This week, it'll be Mary Beth Von Shepherd, and she'll be joined by Carol Gunn and Carol's husband, who will be there receiving the bags of love, which are lunches for the folks in Marin City and Sausalito. So we hope you'll come by, drive by, drop off lunches or diapers or both, and we'll see you on Tuesday. And while I'm here, I'd like to also mention that the Outreach Commission meets the first Tuesday of every month by Zoom currently, and we would love to have you come bring your passion and your energy and your new ideas to help us come up with new product projects for outreach. So currently we are providing meals to TransHeartline. We are providing monthly burrito dinners to Voyager Carmel. We focus on migrant issues, homelessness, gun safety issues, and we'd like for you to come tell us other things that we can be doing in the community to walk through a community as Jesus would do. So come and join us. And if you have questions about diaper duty, check the website for more details, or you can call me. Thank you for listening and hope to see you on Tuesday.
And now receive this benediction. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God who is Father and Mother of us all, and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit be with you this day and every day. <laughs>